So Pastor Joe's up there going. <laughs> um, great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. We're going to talk tonight about without works, faith is dead. Without works, faith is dead. And so I, I began to began this study, and I thought, wow, he's really penned me into a corner this time. He takes the good one, you know, and, and, and he does it, and then he gives me this one. But, you know, it's amazing, it's amazing how uh, th- this just opened up, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, as I looked, and, and I looked up all of the faith scriptures, I found out that faith applies to us. But when I look for faithfulness, guess what? Faithfulness is all about God. Is all about God. And and I always kind of thought that faithfulness was full of faith. And yet I I th- I think there's more than that, much more than that. It's an attribute of God. It's who He is. Totally connected with His purity, His holiness, His righteousness. He is steadfast. Always righteous. Always just. We can always depend on Him to be absolutely unchanging. His mercies are new every morning. So then, what about our part of faith connected with works. What, what about the works end of faith that resembles the attribute of God, which is faithfulness? Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Matthew 5. 13 through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. And so Jesus concludes, in the same way, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, the Scripture says in Matthew chapter 12 that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's look at that passage. Matthew 12, 33. Just over a couple, three pages. Verse 33, he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree rotten and its fruit rotten. For the tree is known by its fruit. 
And he looks at them and he says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man from his good treasury brings forth good, and the evil man from his evil treasury brings forth evil. But I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Out of the abundance of the heart comes the behavior. Okay, so uh, James, and we're going to get here to him in a minute, what he's talking about when he says faith without works is dead is if, if, it, if it doesn't come from the heart, it doesn't matter. And, and then Jesus explains here that it's pretty tough for something to happen out here in our behavior if it's not in here in our heart. It's not in here in our heart. James chapter 2. Begin reading with 14. James says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, well fed, but do not give them what the body needs, what good's that? So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works. And I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But do you want to know, you empty person, that faith without works is dead? Wasn't Abraham our father proved righteous by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see, that faith worked together with his works, and by the works his faith was made complete. The Scripture was fulfilled and says, And Abraham believed God, and it was cre credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a man is proved righteous by works and not by faith alone. And likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also proved righteous by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I was, I, I was really caught by the, the, the phrase early in this passage when he says, can, that, can such faith save him? Can such faith save him? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And right there, the, the Lord connects the two, doesn't he? He connects the faith with some action. 
with some confession with our mouth. Uh, it's, it's, it's the way God does things. Um, look with me uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2. That's back in the Old Testament. Uh, it's a, he's a minor prophet, Habakkuk. might be easiest to go to Malachi and go backwards. <laughs> go to the last book in the Old Testament and then go backwards. Three times you'll find Habakkuk. Chapter 2. He says, I will take my stand at my post and station myself on the rampart, and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer regarding my argument. And then Adonai answered me and said, Write down the vision, make it plain on the tablets, so that the reader may run with it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens to the end and will not fail if it should be show, slow in coming, wait for it, for it will surely come. It will not delay. Then he says this, Behold the puffed up one. His soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Hmm. Habakkuk is... Is, is, is instructed that if our actions are haughty, like, like the enemy that's going to come and, and conquer Israel, that, that that has death in it. But when the righteous, the righteous shall live by his faith. By his faith... He's going to be righteous. Abraham, as James says, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Why? Because he believed God. And none of us have any righteousness of our own. Scripture says in Isaiah that it's like filthy rags. Technically, he says it's like a menstruous cloth. It's nasty. He says, no. Our righteousness is no good, but his righteousness. And so they, the, the, the righteous are righteous because of their faith. And, and that particular verse of Scripture, uh, and, and, and as Paul used it in Romans 1.17, uh, and, and as, as the book of Hebrews uses it, was what Martin Luther grabbed a hold of. In 1517, and 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 found out that all of the penance that he was doing, <laughs> all of the works of righteousness that he was doing, as he as he fell on his face on the steps of the 
and 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 prayed and cried and all of that was worthless when God brought that scripture home to him to his heart the just shall live by his faith so it's our faith that makes the difference pastor joe dealt with that last week and 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 that's the key and 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 yet james now says that faith is is demonstrated by how we behave by what we do look with me to uh See where I'm at in my, in my notes. I got off of them. <laughs> so faith is not simply mental assent, but uh, faith plus works is faithfulness. And, and that's, that's the biblical criteria for success. In, in Titus chapter 3, Paul, Paul calls us to good deeds. Let's look at Titus 3.8. Any questions so far? We're, we need to slow down and, and uh, make sure everybody's on board. Titus 3.8. Any thoughts? Paul says, trustworthy is the saying, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have put their trust in God may be careful to devote themselves to good deeds. These things are good and beneficial for, for people. So then good deeds should be intentional, right? But we've just been talking about good deeds should be natural. They should be the outflow of who we are. So which is it? Ha. <laughs> huh. My my wife says, what do you want? Uh, uh, Baked beans or potato salad? And I say yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. They should flow. Good works should flow out of our hearts. And yet, there, there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of planning with that too and making that intentional. But the thing we must guard against is that we... If, if we're intentional, it's easy to start trusting in the good works. We've planned it out. This is what I'm going to do. And, and then we'd be thinking, boy, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm pretty good. Look what I did. And, and, and that's natural, too. And so we've got to guard against that. Um, if, if, if we're not intentional... Uh, we'll probably miss a lot of opportunities. Uh, but uh, if, if we 
are always intentional, then we run the danger of, of missing other opportunities that come along. You know, I, I used to find out that in, in a lot of my intentional programmings when I was a chaplain, the people kept getting in the way. <laughs> you know, I want to get this done, you know? And, and, and this guy wants something. I don't have time for you. I got I, I to gotta do this. And, and uh, th- then God got my attention one day. Well, wait a minute. What about him? You know, uh, you're, you're intending to help this one, and, and this one shouldn't be getting in the road. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, uh, a friend of mine did a devotional, and, and one of the devotions in, in the, the 30 of them was, it was entitled, Things Money Can Fix. And, uh, you know, my, my, my car broke down, and, and it cost me some money to get it fixed. And I was thinking, ah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm adding that money that cost to fix it to the price I paid for it and said, did I really get a good deal? And I, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, wrong thinking, wrong thinking. It's something money could fix. Thank God I had the money. I fixed it. Next, <laughs> you know, uh, because his mercies are new every morning. And there is no, remember this, there, there is no limit to his resources. Resources are not limited by God. They are unlimited. He creates as we need if we abide in him and his words abide in us. Praise God. Nice to have a grandma like that. Yes, hallelujah. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. In perspective. Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. Matthew twenty five thirty one. <clears throat> now, when the Son of Man comes in His glory with all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and he will separate them one from another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did 
we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And answering, the king will say to them, Amen, I tell you, whatever you did to your granddaughter, the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left, Go away from me, you cursed ones, into the everlasting fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And they too will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, saying, Amen. I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. These shall go off to everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. On the surface, it looks like this is all about behavior alone. We do these things, we're in. Right? Wrong. I I just want to use one illustration to kind of drive this point home. I was reading American Rifleman one day, the NRA magazine, and there was a 45 automatic by Colt. It was nice. All engraved. And it said this is a commemorative model. A John Wayne commemorative model. And said from Iwo Jima uh, to the and, and 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 all of and all of this, and it acted like John Wayne was actually at all those places. I said, "Wait a minute, he's a movie star. He's not a hero. He didn't go to war. He didn't. F- no, it's John Wayne. Good actor, but he's an actor nevertheless. You see, it's not about being an actor." that makes us a hero, even though we play the part very well. Jesus says that it's all about actions that are real, that come from our heart. Okay, where are we? Kristen, I think it, it, it depends totally on our definition of love. Um, there, are, there are some times when we help someone that it's really not in their best interest. Sometimes it's simply enabling them. Sometimes it's, it's allowing them to continue in their misbehavior. And we say, it's okay, I'll bail you out. And then, it's okay, I'll bail you out. And it's okay, I'll bail you out. And then comes along, they get themselves into something that we can't bail them out of. 
And no matter, yeah, yeah. How do we back it up with Scripture? Yeah. And we're talking about a value system. A value system that says that the healing was a whole lot better for this guy than the silver and gold that he was looking for. There's a, there's a, a story that Jesus tells about uh, uh, a demon-possessed person. And they cast out the demons. And, and yet... The, the guy didn't have a heart change. And so uh, the, 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 the demon's out there and it checks it out. And wait a minute, I got an empty heart here. And he goes back and he brings seven more. Uh, I, I had that specifically happen to me. In, in Minneapolis, I was coming home one night and, and out of the darkness, because I worked at night, out of the darkness, downtown Minneapolis, this, this voice came and said, help me. Will you help me? Well, I didn't go looking for someone to help, but I wasn't going to turn them down. So I said, well, come out of light. And this guy comes out, and uh, I said, what do you need? And he says, I'm hungry. He said, I got a job, but uh, they haven't paid me yet. And I don't have any money to eat. I said, okay, come on. So I took him home. And Karen had supper ready. And uh, so I, I took him in, took him into my, my kitchen, and we sat down and we ate supper together. And I talked to him about Jesus, of course. And after I talked to him about Jesus, I, uh, I began to pray with him. And uh, so as I was praying in the Spirit over him, he got down on the, under the table and started writhing around. Just carrying on. And uh, so um, after I quit praying for him, uh, I, he's, he, I'd found out that he had two more days before he got paid. I said, okay. I said, I'll feed you again tomorrow night. Don't you dare come to this house without me. <laughs> and he left. Next night, sure enough, showed up. I had a buddy with me that night, and we prayed for him again. Same thing happened. And as I questioned him, he said, I'm unwilling to give up the power that I have. I didn't pray for him the third night. I decided that if he didn't want delivered, my praying for him wasn't right. That wasn't the right thing to do because if the demon did come out, and I have no doubt that Jesus could have done that, uh, he was in very grave danger to be even worse off than he was otherwise. Of course, all the professors at Bible college thought I was an idiot. <laughs> so I don't know why you're doing that. But, but you see, it's, it's, it's about values. This guy valued the power he had from his satanic connections. And Minneapolis is the northern home for Satanism in the United States, full of Satanism. Um, he, he wasn't willing to give that up. And uh, I wasn't afraid of him. He was in me greater than he is in the world. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, a battle about 
Jesus against demons. It was about this guy. And he needed, he needed deliverance, but he wasn't ready yet, and he didn't know it. So we gave him some food and water and in the name of Jesus and sent him on his way. Um, I, I don't think those things are easy, Kristen. I, I, don't, I don't think those, those decisions are easy at all. Uh, and, and, and I struggle with them. And sometimes I walk away and think I didn't do it right. Um, well, one thing I can assure you of, if you love Jesus and you're doing the best you can with what you got, and you are, and you do, you don't need to sweat it. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's merciful. And most of the time, when the guy's at the, at, at the intersection holding a sign, uh, that money's gone for drugs. You can bet on it. Uh, we, we were in West Virginia one day, and I, and, and, and I hardened my heart. I just passed this guy up who was holding a sign. And, and I didn't even allow God to speak to me. I just drove on by. <laughs> you know? And then God spoke to me. He said, Greg, didn't do that right. I don't know whether I should have helped him or not. It was my heart. It was a problem. So I said, okay, Lord, next time, I don't care what it is, I'm going to do it. The next time came, a few weeks later, I was at Walmart. I'm pumping gas, and a guy comes up in a Chevy van, this old gas guzzler, and, and uh, he said, he said uh, you know, uh, can, you, can you help me? He said, I need gas. I got a family member of the hospital there in Marietta. I got to get there. Uh, I don't have any gas money. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out. Uh, uh, I've, I've talked to my, to my parole officer, and he's, and he's given me permission to, to go, but I don't have any gas. I'd already decided I was going to help him. You know, I, I didn't believe the guy for a minute. I put my credit card in the, in the thing, and I pumped him $40 worth of gas into his van. And uh, while I'm standing there talking to him, I looked over at him, and I said, oh, by the way, I said, uh, you said parole officer. I said, what, what, uh, what's your crime? He said, uh, fraud. <laughs> God's truth. <laughs> I laughed so hard I couldn't hold it in. He said, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest with you. Fraud. Jesus is saying the same thing to them that James is saying. If you say, ah, oh, go your way and be warm and be filled, uh, that, that doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. And, uh, uh, you know, this, this passage uh, is, a, is a time when, when mostly what he's trying to to get across is there is a separation line. And, and out of your heart is your behavior. And, and, and it's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. Um, there's another passage, and I'm, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to tell you about it, uh, that Jesus is up in the mountain 
uh, of transfiguration. And, and he, he's, uh, he's there meeting with Moses and Elijah, and he has Peter, James, and John with him up on the mountain. They come down to the bottom of the mountain, and the other nine disciples are having an argument. And uh, Jesus says, what's the commotion all about? And they say, well, uh, some man says, my son's demon-possessed. And, and I asked your disciples to cast out the demon, and, and they, they weren't able to do it. And, uh, uh, and, and, and Jesus looks at, the, at all of them, and he says, faithless generation. How long am I going to put up with you? Faithless generation. Uh, th- th- this was a situation where there was a, 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 a need and, and there was no work. <laughs> he says, faithless generation. And, and the dad says something that's really, I think, important. He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. And, and, and in, the, in, in the midst of that situation, Jesus casts out the demon and the, and the child is, is well. And the disciples come and they say, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said, this, come, this kind comes out only by prayer. And for the first time in looking at that passage, uh, I, I noticed something. There was a prayer in there. I never thought about this dad. This dad who's desperate, and he said, I believe, help my unbelief. You see, I, th- I think that that applies also to, the, to what you were bringing up, Kristen. You know, uh, every situation we encounter about uh, faith and works and what's the right thing to do, uh, is uh, if, if, if we're able to say, I believe, uh, help, help me to know what to do. Help my unbelief. Um, y- you know, this, this whole idea of faith without, without works is dead uh, is, uh, is also illustrated by uh, the time when Peter's... Uh, uh, in, in the boat with the rest of the disciples and, and you know, the storms are raging and everything and, and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And as Jesus comes on the water, someone says, it's a ghost. And then they come to their senses and they look and they say, no, it's Jesus. And when Peter recognizes it's Jesus, he said, let me, let me come to you. And Jesus said, sure, come on. So Peter crawls out of the boat and he starts walking across the water. And, and then something happens. He, he gets his eyes on the water and the wind and the rain and the danger and he starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out and, and he says, Faithless. <laughs> What happened, Peter? What do you think happened to Peter? And what was he focusing on? At first, and then he started focusing on what he was doing. 
I'm walking on the water. <laughs> or probably more accurately, oh, no, <laughs> I'm walking on the water. <laughs> got his eyes, got his eyes on the, on, on, on the working and not on the faith. The good part is that when we lose focus, Jesus doesn't let us drown. <laughs> and and when, he, when he gives us, when he, when he calls us to task, uh, it's because he loves us. And uh, 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 in, in Acts chapter 6, there was a, there was a problem. Uh, some widows weren't, some, some Greek-speaking widows weren't getting uh, their food, uh, and, and, uh, and they complained. And, and so uh, Peter uh, stands up, and he instructs the, he gets everybody together and he instructs them, choose, choose some men who are full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. It says, choose some people who are full of faith and full of God. <laughs> and how did they know? They were full of faith and full of God because of their behavior, because of, of, of how they acted, how, how they, uh, reputable men, he said, reputable men, people who have a good reputation for being full of faith and full of God. Second um, Timothy 2.2 says, That which you have seen and heard, among many witnesses, commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Um, the Lord is looking for faithful people. Faithful people. People who believe in Him and people who are willing to act out on that faith. Uh, get out of the boat, if you will. Get out of the boat. Uh, and, uh, and, and like Tina says, uh, the only guy in the history of the world who's walked on water other than Jesus is Peter. <laughs> he didn't get too far, but he did it. He did it. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. We'll finish up with this. Have this attitude, verse 5, in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, Becoming the likeness of men and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself. Becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue profess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He gives the example of Jesus who as the man, Jesus, is full of faith. Is full of faith. And he is faithful. Even to the death on a cross. His works demonstrate his faith. And then Paul says, verse 12, Therefore, my loved ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For the one working in you is God, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He says, turn that faith into behavior. Work out your salvation. Doesn't mean that you're going to earn your salvation. No. Very specifically, that's a free gift of God. But it does mean that that we have the opportunity to, to demonstrate our salvation and to do the works of Him who sent us. Faith without works is indeed dead. Uh, and, and as James says, you show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. Um, this, this idea of working out our salvation with fear and trembling knowing that it's, it's Him who lives in us and it's out of our heart that we work. Uh, and, and that gives us the opportunity to be workers together with Him. And Paul ends his Corinthians correspondence by, with the verse that says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. That's, that's Christ-like. Steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor. Yes. And I, and I think that's where we ought to be. I think that's where he wants us to be. Um, if, if every move we make, we know where we're going, we know where we're tramping, uh, we've probably waited too long. Uh, Colin Powell, in his uh, PowerPoint on leadership, uh, says if, uh, I believe it's 60%, he said if you're 60% sure, go with it. (laughs) If you're 60% confident, go with it. Do it. Uh, That that audacity, that kind of 60% sure, is what has made America's army victorious in many, many times. You study World War II, you study Abrams and, and the Battle of Nancy and, and how he's running around with one tank back behind the enemy lines and just cleaning up, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, he was at the right place at the right time and he was 80% sure. And... and Think about that now in, in terms of Jesus Christ, our commander. Think about those in the terms that, that we have. We're serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
and there is nothing impossible with him. And uh, uh, I, th I think that uh, uh, we need to be a little more audacious. Yeah. To focus and to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Yes. The turning point, the turning point in my life came on a Wednesday night when I heard a man from in this church named Bracey Ball. Uh, he was a pastor between churches. Uh, Ken Littlefield gave him a chance to preach on a Wednesday night, I think, just so he could give him some money. <laughs> and, and he told us that that he and his wife had made a decision that if the Lord could use one of them better without the other, it was okay. That they wanted what God wanted no matter what. And I made a decision that night to give God the benefit of the doubt. That if, if my activity, if all the risk was that it would embarrass me, <laughs> then I was going to do it. Now, if the risk was that it was would embarrass the church and 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 the cause of Christ, then I had to rethink that. But I was going to give God the benefit of the doubt. If I thought He wanted me to do something, and I started to do that, and it changed my life. That led to a call to full-time Christian service. That led me to to be a chaplain in the army and to do what what I've done, and I'm not saying that's great, but simply that, that changed everything when, when I was willing to do what I believed God was leading me to do, whatever the consequences. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, help us to do that. Help us to, to not consider the cost if it simply would result in, in financial loss or embarrassment or whatever, knowing that you are our provider. Help us, Lord, to, to give it everything we have all the time to serve you with all of our hearts. Lord, we're in the last days. We don't have time anymore to dilly-dally. We need to be serious about you. I pray that our works will reflect the faith that's in our heart. And I pray that our hearts will be on fire for you. And that we will, will love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We give you praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.